I'm Neil Osmond and welcome to the Get to Yes podcast, where I teach, coach, consult and speak on selling in the hair and beauty and body industries. Have you noticed these days with your clients when you're selling that pushing doesn't work, talking doesn't work either, however asking and listening does. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to discuss a style of selling that uses the skill of persuasion, because my belief is that you get to yes by listening, not telling. If you practice these persuasion skills, you'll become more successful, achieve greater financial rewards, gain that recognition you're yearning for, and maybe even just discover that selling can be fun. I look forward to sharing the journey. Hi, Neil here from The Sales Catalyst. Welcome to our next episode. Today, we're going to chat about all the things you need to do after the expo. <laughs> and you thought it was all finished when that expo finished. You know, when you packed up the stand, palletized it, ready to return to your warehouse, and you and your team headed off to the bar. Well, I have vivid memories of walking away carrying the gold. You know, that large box and folders containing all of those inquiries and sales leads, as we used to call them. Back in those days, it wasn't uncommon to walk away with 100 to 150 genuine, well-qualified leads. That was definitely gold. However, it was frustrating only to discover some 30 to 60 days later that most of them had disappeared. To my dismay and frustration, my sales team had struggled to convert and got nowhere near my levels of expectations. I can only hope that this has not happened to you. If it has... I can share with you a number of discoveries that we made and the actions we took to increase our conversions and to ensure a strong financial return after that expo. In this episode, we're going to cover the vital steps required to move from exhibitor to administrator and marketer so that you can convert as many inquiries as possible. The key points we want to focus on is the sales lead database. How are you going to manage it? as the sales you make are totally connected to the way that you manage this list. We're going to talk about clear sales tactics that you can employ to build a relationship. After all, is your goal just to secure a sale or is it to build an ongoing profitable relationship? Important one for me is how to keep your clients warm, how to approach with respect, and especially at the upper layers of the industry. This is almost mandatory. Sales team delegation, diligence, Management and their reporting is a vital, vital tool to make sure you get the most from every lead. And ultimately, how do we create some urgency to get decisions made now? Not, oh, I'll think about it. So let's start with discussing the lead list. Well, you know, building your database. For me, this is where the real work started. While the expo was all about the big picture, you know, visuals, glamour, exciting conversations and The next stage is all about specifics, interpreting the correct information, specifics about client conversations, details, correct spelling of delegates' names, and the attention to detail, well, it just goes on. The first thing we did was split up the leads across two or three people in the office. I made sure I was always one of those, as this really helped me get to understand the quality of the information that was being collected. We'd open up an Excel spreadsheet and start to enter. We set them up to reflect the lead data that we had collected. And the last column was, well, that's where we listed the comments. The comments from the person who had spoken with that particular delegate. Once that was complete, we'd file it as a master. The next step 
was to break the list into separate files reflecting each state or sales territory. That was supplied to each salesperson and their initial job was to split them up into either metro or regional leads, as we'd be approaching both of these groups slightly differently. The first level split of the data would be transferred as numeric scores into the start of a dashboard report, a one-page report where I could see a summary of all of the activities and successes across each sales territory across the country. Traditionally, these expos were on the long weekend in Sydney, so our goal was to we'll reach this first level split by the second day back into the office. By the third day, we're on to the next stage, preparing a thank you note for visiting our stand. That step was to send out a short email saying thanks for visiting our stand at the recent expo, and one of our team would be in contact over the coming week to discuss with them their feedback. The following Monday morning, first thing, we would run the software report of who had opened those emails since last Thursday when they were sent out. That information was passed on to our sales team as soon as possible so they could prioritise their contact and think about their approach. This process was really quite successful and it reflected one of our key goals. Our goal by that point, you know, post-expo, we wanted to create a relationship, not just chase a short-term sale. And for us, that made a big difference. By way of comparison, back in the early days, we would literally divvy up the leads at the end of the show, you know, at the bar. We'd give them out to each of our reps and we'd just tell them, go for it. And using that sales strategy, I found that most of my team quickly moved into what I now call chasing mode. You know, reach out once or twice, receive the promise of a return phone call, and when that didn't come when the salesperson thought it should, they'd be on the phone again. More chasing, chasing, chasing. Which is code for time-wasting, and turning the client off. I found myself wondering what sort of image did this behaviour create in the client's mind? So I went out infield and asked. What I found surprised me, as I'd never thought about it from their point of view. Well, in summary, what they told me was that these salon owners had indeed enjoyed the expo and no doubt had visited a number of different stands, of which one was ours. To my relief, they genuinely were interested in what we had to offer. However, What I discovered was that they also visited another 10 or 20 stands, various other products and service companies, and they also offered them their contact details as well. So on that Tuesday and Wednesday after that long weekend in Sydney, you know, after the expo, they were inundated with phone calls and callbacks from companies that they'd visited at those expos. And all of these calls had a similar tone. Hi, this is Steve from XYZ Company. Jenny visited our stand at Expo and she asked me to call her so I can make an appointment to come and see her. What Jenny heard and felt was pressure. Pushing her to make an appointment to buy leads to say Jenny went into avoidance mode. From the sales rep's point of view, they weren't getting a response. So they tried all sorts of silly and clever tactics. Ring back two or three times in the same day, hoping that Jenny would be the one who answered the phone. And if it wasn't, well, they'd hang up on her. Could you imagine... If two or three reps wanting to talk with Jenny tried this silly tactic, poor Jenny may think there's something wrong with her phone. Who, who knows what sort of stress and what level of stress that she'd be going through. After not getting the response that they wanted, these reps, they moved into well, what I call chasing mode. And so the game went on as they edged further and further away from the possibility of a sale. So after learning all of this, I consciously made the decision to move to the view of playing the long game. 
and get my team out of the chasing mode. Now, we're always thinking of ways that we could depressure that post-expo experience for the salon owner and look for ways to build a relationship. And that's where we move to our more measured approach. So anyway, where, where did we get to? That's right, yes, we were back at the beginning of the new week after Expo. And at that point, my sales team really started to swing into action. By now, they had completed their research of the salons that had inquired and that, well, they'd got to understand more about them and their business. We also got to understand what they were most well-known for in their area, what services they offered, and how they positioned their business. How many brands they carried, what prices they charged, you know, social media activities, areas of interest, etc. Now, all of these things for me are vital background information before you attempt to secure any sort of business meeting. If the salons were local and at the higher end of our industry, we would quite often do what I call a cold visit. This was a visit with a single view of sussing out the salon and the clear goal of securing a business appointment with the owner on a mutually suitable day, of course. My team were taught to leave all of their sales stuff in the car and go into the business with just a business card and a device to make an appointment, being their diary, tablet or phone. But that's it. We also mapped and practiced a particular sales approach, which I'll have to share with you another time, because it also has a step two and a step three strategy. And well, we needed to develop those if you weren't successful in that very first attempt. But again, these were all mapped and they were practiced. But I have to say that part of our plan worked really, really well and got a lot of business for us at the big end of town. On the other hand, if the salon inquiry was a smaller local business, they were inserted into our territory plan, and again, they were visited. However, this time, we would go in with all of our sales aids, as we found that quite often the smaller businesses made impulse decisions. If they were regional, we normally sent them an email with the view of setting up an initial phone meeting, which again, in most cases, worked really well once we'd mapped the particular approach. Ongoing EDM and touch-based strategies were added over the time so that we were potentially in contact once or twice a month for about three months after each of the expos. There were two final strategies that worked really well within our overall long-term strategy. The next was our clear expectations of how we wanted the sales team to interact and engage. Our goal was to create a scenario where the salon owner wanted to engage us. Again, this was mapped and practiced, versus us chasing, trying to engage the salon owner. That didn't match our image and, well, it would have put us squarely back in the chasing game, a game that we were successfully working our way out of. On the management of the sales team, the other component was we had devised a simplistic method using a dashboard report to clearly record where each person was up to and what progress they were making with these opportunities. Opening order values were estimated and a percentage of confidence was factored in at all times. This dashboard report was really awesome as it gave us an opportunity to list projected sales and values at any given time. After all, we needed to calculate our return on investment so that we could consider future expos. And how could we do that if we didn't have the right level of information to hand? Generally, we expected a return from our expo could be measured at around the 60 to 90 day mark, depending on what we were selling at the time. Finally, we also tried to spice things up a bit with our sales team. We came to the belief that many would go to great lengths to help potential clients buy at the best price. So we introduced a deadline for those highly discounted expo offers, and we really stuck to that deadline. In addition, we mixed it up a bit with some sales incentives connected to the quality and the quantity of the new business that they actually secured. 
I'm pleased to conclude that my long-term association with Expos has generally delivered a really positive and in most cases a profitable experience. And I hope you have found these episodes valuable in helping you achieving the same. So what are the key takeaways from this episode? Firstly, at all costs, refine your lead capturing system. Keep it simple and then create a clear bridging strategy to help you increase the ratio of successful post-expo meetings. I hope you're having a great expo. Until then, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with someone you may know who's looking to become more persuasive or wants to diffuse resistance and get to yes more often. Until our next episode, you can visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.